Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. Is that all there is for me? To abandon him again and again? To betray him, fail him again and again? Is that what there is for me? And that is my dramatic reading of Egwene <laughs> from the beginning of chapter 23. Nicely done. Thanks. <laughs> I tried. Uh, so we are rereading the books in advance of the TV show's adaptation. Um, we're talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments and digging into all things Wheel of Time. Uh, today we are, oh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but we are doing chapters 17 through 24 today. And there are a lot of favorite moments in this <laughs> in this section, I think. <laughs> Surprising no one, Preeti is excited to talk about Matt. <laughs> Yay! Uh, all right, pre-discussion notes. Yeah, so there was recently a Q&A that Rafe Judkins did on his Instagram. Rafe Judkins being the showrunner of the Wheel of Time TV show adaptation. And like there was, I guess, some interesting stuff. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like at this point, I'm just anticipating like an actual trailer. Yeah. Right, I we're getting these teeny tiny snippets. Yeah, it did get renewed. I guess the big news is that it did get renewed for a second season already. Despite- right, they they finished season. They fin like they wrapped season one. Uh huh. And and got greenlit for season two on I guess like the same day. Yeah. So yeah. clearly, we're gonna get at least two seasons, barring anything. And it'll be interesting to see how they decide to split the seasons up. Hmm. Because I can't, they're going to have to, if they're doing a book a season, which seems just wild. Right. They're going to have to speed run through everything. Well, and they've said that they're not, like, they're not following it exactly. Yeah. And they're, you know, there are characters that you see in book one of the series that you won't see in season one of the series for reasons, but you might see them later. So like it's, they're mixing and matching. It's what it sounds like to me. So yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I will predict that we get a bunch more of these like character teasers. Like Mm -hmm. I would expect one for Rand, uh, maybe even for Perrin and Matt. I don't know for sure, but definitely Egwene, I think. I would hope so. I would hope so. Well, just the way they talk about the show and that they're, they're so cognizant of centering the women Mm. in a significant way like Mm. I would not I would be surprised if we didn't get at least Egwene if not both her and Nave. yeah it's a good point it's a good point so anyway we're keeping an eye on it we will continue to note when things happen (laughs) um all right should we should we dive in let's do it so wait I want to start off yeah do I? I want to say that you were right. You had a prediction. What was in my a prediction? previous episode about whose tests we might see, and you were correct. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I like literally wrote in my notes. Preeti was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> I have no recollection whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, man. Amazing. Uh, All right. So we pick up kind of right where we left off, which is Elena showing up to Elena. Elena. Showing up to um, kind of chastise Elaine, uh, Egwene. There's so many E names. Elaine, (laughs) Egwene, and Nanave. Yeah. Mostly Elaine. Yeah. Um, 
to be like, <laughs> just how dare you ruin this relationship? I did laugh really hard, though, on this page where Nanave tries to get out of it. Yes. She like immediately was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. And Alita's grilling them about like, where were you? What about the Black Aja? You know, what about Randall Thor? What about Matt? Like she's asking all of these very like questions and she's like, you tell me things and I will, you know, protect you or I'll do what I can for mm-hmm. you. And the girls are like, um, the Emerlin C told us not to. But they're like, oh, shit. Like, I have to say something to her. Like, they're smart enough to know they can't tell her nothing. But they but- have to. Uh, it, it was kind of fun to watch. So this is all from Egwene's perspective. Yeah. And it was fun to watch Egwene kind of learn on the page, <laughs> like actively as she's doing it, seeing her learn. You know, she's. She is um, trying to figure out an answer that she can give to the Aes Sedai that will be acceptable. Um, and knowing that Elena can sense lies. Mm-hmm. she So she tried to choose her words carefully to say nothing that was not true, yet give, the, give an impression far from truth. I said, I do it all the time. <laughs> and I just loved it. I was like, yes, Egwene, <laughs> you're doing the thing. Yeah, and then Shariam saves them. She yes. comes bursting in and is like, "What the hell is going on in here?" I'm so nervous because I like her. I like her so much, and I'm like, "Oh, I hope you're not Black Aja." <laughs> oh, so that reminds me of the other thing I'm gonna do. I don't know if I'm gonna do it today, but I'm gonna do it because we keep hitting these points where I'm like, "Do I remember?" And so I'm gonna make a recording. Okay. Of everything I think I know about okay. what happens <laughs> in the series, including who is and is not. Black Aja. But I'm you can't listen to it. Okay. Because it's spoilery. Okay, fair. So and I think what I might do is maybe put it on our Patreon as like a standalone thing for if you're like super into it and you wanna Guess. dive into what yeah. I think I remember. <laughs> but and then I look forward to seeing how many times I'm completely wrong or actually remembered correctly. <laughs> I know. There's like one thing I think I remember, but I'm not gonna say it. But I, there's so much I don't like literally Sherry, I don't know. Yeah. No And I, I- hope she's not. <laughs> I wrote more than once in this section. Is everyone Black Aja? Right? Like, what is going on? You literally, you're in Egwene's shoes because you don't trust anybody. And yeah. she can't trust anybody. She finds right. herself questioning every single Aes Sedai she interacts with. Uh, and really stressful. Elena. It's very, very stressful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Sherriam comes and saves them, which this is a great moment because this is just after they found that body. Mm-hmm. And Sherry had been like, don't tell anybody. And they slip up and immediately realize she's like, you told Elaine. I told you not to tell anyone. You told Elaine. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's this line where it's this is where it is. You get the you're getting a lot of asides from Egwene, like her mm-hmm. her internal monologue. Um, and she's kind of losing it a little bit. You know, she's like for a moment, she felt like laughing hysterically. If the Black Aja doesn't catch us, Sheriam will. The urge to laugh vanished. If Sheriam isn't Black Aja herself, and I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is so stressful. Um, and- <laughs> sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say. And then she's like, well, we got to go. Like, it's time for Matt's healing. And they're like, they're going to heal Matt. And she was like, obviously, as if there wasn't this huge question mark. Like, we all know that there was, they weighed, they weighed and they measured and they decided. But there was a moment whether or not. Jordan was ever f- intending them to go to that down that route. There yeah. was a moment where they considered not healing him because of his attachment to the horn. Mm-hmm. Cause this idiot blew the horn. <laughs> I'm going to blow it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Uh, so they go down into this, like the Basement? bowels of, yeah, of the tower, I guess. And they're all these Aes Sedai, including the Amaralyn, including all these like very powerful women who are surrounding Matt to help heal him. And I, I it's funny because I couldn't remember how this went either. So I was like, are we going to mm. get a scene where Nenave, Egwene, and Elaine try to heal Matt? Same. I really wasn't Same. sure. Yes, because the, the last we left them, Nynaeve was talking about sneaking down mm-hmm. to, like, try to do it herself. And Elaine and Green were like, that's a terrible idea, but I guess we'll help you if you do that. Right. So I was very relieved, actually, that that was not part of the plot line. Yes, I agree. So they had how many? One, two, seven, no, six, <laughs> and nine, and ten. So ten. There are ten Aes Sedai around surrounding Matt who's like lying on this you know pallet or whatever to try to literally pull any hint of the dagger out of him and it's it's quite like terrifying like Elaine, Egwene, and Nave are just there to watch and they're like they don't know if it's gonna work and it's these and obviously like we're like we know Matt survives yes Matt um it's <laughs> very stressful but it is very very stressful and matt is on the table and he just starts shouting in the old tongue mm-hmm. and nobody knows what's going on and Egwene is like she recognizes like a few of the words and it's a battle cry for manetherin you know the honor of the red eagle but there's a lot that she couldn't understand so the dagger like floats up. It's this like wonderful yeah. cinematic scene, which he's so good at in these moments of like mm-hmm. really like pulling the tension, but also making complete like making a complete visualization of what is happening. Um, and so they do it. They think they've healed him. Mm-hmm. And the Amarlin comes towards them and Egwene is like, she's asking like what he said. You know, and at first the Amarlin says he was ordering soldiers and Nenev goes, well, it wasn't just soldiers because I heard him <laughs> say I should die. Yeah. And I liked this moment again because she, the Amarlin thinks and she says, I believe that the past and the present were one. He was there and he was here and he knew who we were. He commanded us to release him. She paused again. I am a free man, I Sedai. I am no I Sedai meat, which is another, it's like paralleling again this notion of like being a person versus being an object. Well, and it's the same exact phrasing. Like every, yep. this is like the third or fourth time we've seen this I am no, whether it's easy meat or I Sedai mm-hmm. meat or whatever. Like this is like the third or fourth time we've seen a different character say it. Robert yep. Jordan is super fond of this phrase. I actually am a little bit over it. I'm over, I'm over the phrasing, but I think it's something to remember as it go as we move forward in terms of literal objectification of these characters. Sure. Right? Fair enough. 
I could just do without it being the same exact. It just feels very heavy handed to use the same exact word every freaking time. If we were, I like, I'm trying to, I'm wondering if I wasn't close reading, if I would have noticed it because it was like chapters and chapters ago. I don't, I'm not that much of a close reader and I, (laughs) it it is really hard to miss as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It's such a specific, I am no meat is like not something you hear very often. It's like a very specific kind of phrase. It is. Anyway, it's, it's you know it is what it is. And yeah, no, it's fine. He has his turns of phrase that he, he loves does. a lot, like any author. I'm just like registering author, a quibble, <laughs> but we're definitely gonna see it more, more. I think. <laughs> oh yes, as the editing gets less and less. Uh, I do also love. I'm just gonna like skate right on by that. I do, I do also love how the Emerlin is explaining like that the reason Matt is shouting in the old tongue is basically they're all just like, oh, look at that. Like, the old blood is strong with this right? one. Like, they're just like, huh, who knew? Like, both Varen and the Emerlin say something about it. And you're like, okay, like, is that just a thing? Which is wild because she says the past and the present were one, implying that he was chan- not channeling like I said I channel, but channeling yeah. some kind of past soldier yeah, or like something. past life regression right? situation like, yeah. is that not, is that a thing is that not something of note <laughs> right are we do we not just, care what's we're just going gonna on? pass by that just skate right on by um and so then it just kind of like goes the the, the conversation dwindles and and the amaryllin is like we've healed him as best we can we're gonna it remains to be seen whether it worked we think it did uh, and now you all have chores to do. So right. get out. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then. It's your <laughs> baby. Your trash baby. My trash son. Chapter 19. <laughs> I cannot believe it is 19 chapters in the third, like into the third book before we get a Matt POV. I understand why mm. based on the way this this these perspectives go in terms of him being like he like barely remembers anything from the last two books which is great because that's how I feel so (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's I will say so reading these perspectives I was like oh right that's why I love you so much like you're super smart like super you are not Perrin and you're not Rand who are so easy to trust and so easy to speak like I I had sort of the opposite experience oh, no. in that I was like, oh, right. Now I remember why you annoy me so much. Oh, my God. I loved Matt. it. Like, I love that he, like, wakes up. So he wakes up and he immediately, first of all, like, tries to figure out where he is. Like, yeah. there's, like, deductive reasoning happening right away. Mm-hmm. And then he, but then he starts speaking in the old tongue. Yeah. And then we have this entire memory mm-hmm. I guess that like a flashback again like past a, life regression right this like but we're seeing actually what he was experiencing mm-hmm. um and he's like kind of like remembering these words and remembering these phrases and is like what is happening like he doesn't know why he's feeling this way he doesn't know why he's remembering these things and then he starts to try to remember what he's been through and I really enjoyed these this section basically because Jordan pulls the language back intensely and it becomes mm. these really like very short like staccato sentences mm-hmm. of someone who is stumbling over their own memories. Yeah. But in the style like 
doing it stylistically as well as contextually. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fun. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, it's um, good. It's good. And so he's in this like beautiful room. He's starving and there's this huge mound of food available for him. Which P.S. Uh, made me hungry reading I this know. section. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to eat that. No. But I like, all right. It sounds amazing. So he's like snacking and he's just kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And I loved this line where it's from his dad. He's like, you can turn the worst of what comes to you. You can turn the worst that comes to your advantage if you only think. And that's why I like Matt so much. Yeah. Like, I love it. I wrote, <laughs> like, as opposed to Perrin or Rand, who have these, like, existential, like, oh, they're using the power on me. Matt straight up was like, well, it's better than dying. <laughs> and I was like, fine, this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting yeah. for someone to just recognize, like, it had like the absurdity of it when you're like, well, I could be dead or I could have done this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says, like, anyway, it's done and worrying about it now won't help anything. And I was like, yes, that is my my MO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's very it is. It's very good. It's I think I mean, he's so believable. And mm -hmm. internally consistent. Like, I do appreciate the character as a construct. And, yes. like, I think he provides some needed balance to the other three. But the reasons, like, I personally <laughs> even find him so annoying sometimes are things like towards the bottom of page 219. I bet I underlined it. I bet you did. He's just like, ugh, like, I can't be friends with Rand anymore. He can well, channel, like, gross. I have to look out for myself. I'm all alone. Like, okay. he just, like, doesn't even, he's not even trying to, like, figure out how to relate to Rand. He's just like, nope, I'm out. Bye. I like, know, but I kind now. of appreciate, I, I don't agree with his sentiment, but I appreciate that that perspective perspective yes. is being represented right yes. and it's being represented in someone where it makes sense because he is just trying to be practical like his perspective isn't he's in it it is an emotional one but he is not seeing it as an emotional one he is yeah. seeing it as a practical one right he's seeing it as like I need to survive I'm here on my own I like I don't know like from what I know of men channeling that's not business I want to get messed up in and like right. I again I do disagree with it because you should support your friends. Well, and especially when you think back to them, like, on the run mm -hmm. and, like, him being like, Rand, don't leave me. And, like, what, like, but how. also taking care of Rand, yeah, right? Yeah, right, exactly. So, so like, then you're like, well, what about all but of I think that? this is where it's, like, actions speak louder than words, right? Yeah. Like, this is, that's what Matt is. Matt's always like, I'm not doing it. And then he does it. <laughs> He's a, a reluctant point. hero. Yeah. Like he's going to be yeah. furious about it, right. but he's going to do it. <laughs> right. It's a fair. It's a fair point. Because you see it in his like, even in the way he's like, it would be faster. Like he's like, I'm, I have to look out for myself. And that would mean getting out of there. No questions asked immediately. Right. But he's still like, but I need to say goodbye to Egwene and a name. Yeah. Right. Like he's. Yes. It's showing us the contradiction in what he thinks versus what he does because mm -hmm. he wants to be this guy. Right. He, like, wants to be the guy who's like, I have to look out for myself, but he's not that guy. <laughs> um, uh, so <laughs> he kind of goes through kind of trying to remember what happened. It's all very loosey-goosey. 
he doesn't have a great great memory there are a few like key moments i think um where he feels like the only one who's still around to be able to be the person that he was when he left Edmondsfield mm-hmm. or Amonsfield. He wants to go back home, which we all know that's not a possibility because it's high fantasy. Yeah. And then there's this great moment where he's like, I blew the horn of Valene. <laughs> so good. And he starts whistling this tune that I loved so much. Because it's like, I'm down at the bottom of the well. It's night and the rain is coming down. The sides are falling in and there's no rope to climb. I'm down at the bottom of the well. What a cheerful tune. I love it. Jaunty. Oh, it's it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, but- so then, and then he's like, I'll, ju- I'll just tell them I never even touched it. Like, if they know, but like, they I know, can't. I love it. He's like, I. <laughs> In the meantime, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, so then chapter twenty, so annoying. I Guess who it. shows up? I loved it. I loved everything about this interaction, <laughs> though, because this is again the interaction I was waiting for. Because you've got Perrin and you've got Rand. Like, come on, you you two were cognizant. You're conscious. You were aware of what was happening. The entire, the last full two books. Right. This kid has like wakes up out of a haze and is like, oh, no, no, no. I don't care how hot you are. I do not trust you when who should come knocking yep. but Celine, a.k.a. Lanfear. Mm-hmm. And she tries to pull the whole like, ooh, glory. Yes, and glory. Blah, 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 blah. you love glory. I know you want the glory. And that's like. Uh, who are you? What does he say? He goes, I love this so much. You say a lot, but how do I know any of it's true? How do I know I can trust you any more than I can trust them? Like, I love He's sharp. So much. There's no doubt he's sharp. And so great. And I love he's like, are you a novice? Maybe a dark friend? Like, he's just like. <laughs> he's really like, I don't know who you are. I don't trust yeah. you. He thinks of that woman who was the dark friend that he yeah. like kind of vaguely remembers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she stretches out her hand to him and he's he leans back like he's like I don't want anything to do with this mm-hmm. like there's something in him and there's something in his self-preservation I think that recognizes a threat when he sees it sure and it was just it's really refreshing to see this perspective after three well two and a half books of everyone else's POV where they're all a little less suspicious and a little Mm -hmm. less like ready to think before they speak. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yep. Yep. But she does give him some key information. She does. She tells him that his dad and Tamalthor came to Tarvalin, like wanting to know what was up and, you know, says like, oh, the Emerlin sent them back with empty hands, not even letting them know you were alive. And she's like, we find out later, she's twisting things a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But she is clearly trying to get him to distrust them even more than he already does, which is a lot. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it, it feels like Lanfear, who is supposed to be, you know, this like great forsaken, actually missteps here. Yeah. Despite... Her recognition of like Matt, she says like you are suspicious by nature, and it doesn't seem like she really alters her approach nope. to him at all. She's got one pitch, <laughs> like she has one pitch, and she tries it, and it <laughs> doesn't work. 
Nope. And so it's just, it's a little, it's, it, it kind of pulls her down a little bit yeah. in, in my estimation, because I'm like, oh, how smart are you though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she's about to like use the power on him when uh, she gets interrupted because the Amerlin and Leanne come to see well, him, right? Well, so not, no, 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 not yet. Oh, um, not yet. She does, she hears voices. Like she, right. she does hear someone coming um, and she decides to leave. And then Matt gets up to look through his things to see what is available to him. And we get the mention right. of his famous dice. Oh, yes. Um, I did like the moment where he's like looking through all the stuff in his pockets and it's like a red hawk's feather, a smooth striped rock that he just liked the look of. Yeah. And you're like, all oh, right, you guys are just young kids. Right, right. You picked up a rock because you thought it was pretty. Yeah. I do want to backtrack for a second and note that I hate how she like, so he gets up out of bed and he's like oh. not wearing anything and he's right. standing around. And the way that she comments on his body when she comes into the room is so gross. It is. And like, I just hate this repetition of women walking in on men naked, naked dudes and like feeling completely down to have gross commentary like it well, would yeah it's not okay the other it's okay in no direction like no. in no gender direction is this acceptable but you know at the time it was like this is so subversive i know and it's so annoying i hate it okay anyway yeah, it's sorry it's not it's not my favorite um all right so then then the amerlin and the keeper come in right um after matt is like all right i'm getting out of here i'm leaving <laughs> i don't want anything to do with anybody right. i'm going uh, but they show up, and I loved everything about <laughs> Am the Amerlin and Matt's interactions. Every time he goes, I'll go, uh, mother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, she's basically, like, kind of playing nursemaid a little bit here. Where yeah. She's like, you need to get better. You need to eat. Like, don't be an idiot, et cetera. Uh, and he's like, no, I'm fine, and being really stubborn and obstinate and just acting like, an idiot essentially but she sends leanne away at one point wait before that before that yes she tells him like i see that you want to go but p.s i told everyone oh, in the city not to let you leave <laughs> just like just fyi <laughs> just so you know like we are also not stupid <laughs> right we've circulated your description you're not going anywhere <laughs> um and so he kind of tries to push them on the information he got about his dad yes. and, and Tam Althor. Um, and he's just, you know, kind of doing it subtly in quotes, <laughs> so to speak, where he brings it up and, and they don't really answer. Uh, and then they're like, well, if you want to write him a letter, we'll make sure he gets it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty surprised he didn't come because he's the kind of guy who would come. And <laughs> then she's like, he didn't come. <laughs> so... Celine Landvier had told him that they wouldn't tell him the truth. Right. And so she immediately, like, I think, like, lost him right away by taking that gamble, which, again, seems so silly. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know if he just doesn't really matter to her. And it, this was just like a, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, right. it doesn't, you know? Right. But, like, that they don't tell him about Tam. Right. So they don't so they, tell him the full truth. They hedge. Right. Yeah. And, it, they and you find out that 
that his dad showed up but when they did not know where he was right. and before he ever got there. So like they there was nothing for them to tell him. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they concealed him right. from from right. Matt's dad. It was just he wasn't there and they didn't know. Yeah. Um and then she's kind of pushing like you know, she sends Leanne away. Yeah. Oh, because cuz Matt starts asking about Rand Yeah. and nobody can know anything about Rand. And she's like, can you shut up? Please shut the hell up. Um, And so she's like asking about, you know, she kind of says this line we were laughing about earlier, which is a flapping tongue has killed more men than sudden storms ever did. (laughs) The Amarlin for the win. I love her little folksy wisdom. But I also love Matt going, dangerous, mother? (laughs) I don't know anything dangerous. I can hardly remember half of what I do know. And she goes, do you remember the horn? And he goes, what horn is that, mother? What a dumbass. I love it. I love him so much. Who, me? Do anything? Never. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And he's getting, you can see him getting like so sort of agitated by everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like asking him about the horn and like he's connected to the horn now basically. Like he... And he's, like, cursing up a storm in front of her, you know? Yeah. And she goes, you want me to blow the horn? Then I'll blow the horn. I never said I would not, did I? (laughs) He's like, I'm no hero. I do what I have to do, but I'm no hero. And he's getting so, like, frustrated by everything. (laughs) And she's like, okay, okay. Like, relax. Calm down. (laughs) You need to get better. And so she basically is like, you need to eat a lot. Like, you need to stay here until you're better. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But in his head is like, I'm not I'm not staying here. Like, 100%, yeah. absolutely not. Um, and as usual, this, it comes back to, like, the kind of standard refrain we know, which is that everybody wants something, everything. He, like, you'll get caught up, and he just wants to be out of it entirely. Like, he does mm-hmm. not want to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the part where you're right. Okay. We go back to Egwene's perspective. Yes. And we and... have to talk about, hold on. I practice oh. saying this out loud like 17 times. Isn't it in this chapter where we learn about? Yes. Hold on. Teleran Riod. <laughs> very good. That was very competent and confident. Thank you. Excellent pronunciation <laughs> of a made-up word. Uh, all right, what did I predict? So you predicted. I actually, it's just, it's too soon. We're, okay, 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 okay. Put a pin in it. We'll okay. get there. Uh, so yes, so Egwene is going. Has been summoned to go see Vera. Which Varen? Excuse me. Which side note? I love this description of Varen's quarter. Yes. Amazing. Oh, it's like horrifying and amazing. Yes. She's right? like a she's like a she's like a librarian hoarder. Yes. Who has an owl to kill the mice that are trying to invade her horde. Like she is this is amazing. <laughs> it's there's so much. There's like there's like books everywhere, papers everywhere, like bones of animals. Yeah. Clearly it's some all kind jumbled, of dragon skull. Like, like there's no order to anything. No. It's just stacks and stacks of stuff everywhere. I but it. I I liked this. She comes in and Varen is looking at a page of uh, something she's translated. It's like a single page from like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago um, that she says 
they wrote that it held secrets the world could not face and they could not speak of them plainly. And she's like, I've read this page a thousand times trying to decipher what she could have meant. And then Egwene is like, little out of her depth like oh, what what does it say and then Varen reads off this thing that it's it's it seems like a little bit like gibberish yeah right where it's just like about Balzaman clearly it's it's these like vague phrases who knows and she says it and then she's like what do you make of it and Egwene's like I don't know I don't <laughs> like it and then Varen goes well why should you like it or understand it. I have studied it nearly 40 years and I do neither. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love this description of like, she carefully placed the page inside a silk lined folder of stiff leather, then just stuffed the folder into a stack of papers. <laughs> Classic Varen. I know. So she gives Egwene a list of all of the sisters who went with Leandrin. So presumably the 13 women. Leandrin included in that, uh, who are all presumably Black Aja. Mm -hmm. And she also gives her a list of the Terra Ungrial that they Mm -hmm. took, which, well, like the little bit that they know, which is not much. Yeah. And so they they get into this conversation about capital D Dreamer Mm -hmm. because Egwene may have a talent for it, but she's not sure that she does. And then that this kind of sets off this repeated refrain that Egwene has where she's like, do I want it? I do want it. Do I want it? I do want it. You know, (laughs) this balance of like fear and intense ambition, which I really appreciate. Um, And she talks to her about basically this world that exists in every world because there are multiple worlds, right? So in between all of these worlds, there's this other world. It's pretty confusing. Yeah. I think it's awesome, actually. It is I awesome. love this it idea is awesome. that, like, because she says there's this great line at the top of 240 um, that she says there's a third constant besides the creator and the dark one. Because she's just gotten done explaining that, like, the creator and the dark one are the only thing that is exactly the same in all mm-hmm. of these different worlds and dimensions but then she says well there's a third constant and that's the world that lies inside of all of them at the same time mm-hmm. and that's Teleron Riyadh however you say it <clears throat> sorry my allergies are so bad today um and yeah it's fascinating this idea that like if you're gonna if you're gonna think about the multiverse and parallel mm-hmm. dimensions the idea that the world of dreaming links all of them together awesome. this is like one of my favorite concepts from the whole series I think it's so funny because it feels so science fictiony yeah right and, yeah. and we talked about this back when they first introduced the the like portal stones and these yes. other worlds of how sci-fi it felt yeah and this is a very fantastical take on what feels like a very sci-fi concept, which 100%. I enjoy so much um, because I agree. And we haven't even seen it yet. Like we, well, I mean, we haven't officially, yeah, officially know with someone who knows they're in it. Yes. Right. Like we haven't experienced it as a place we've, we've, ha- we've seen other people forced to experience it yes yeah right yes and so it, it is where the start she's like I don't going keeps being like I don't I don't know I don't think I am like we tried the test and Varen pushes back and is like well they're inconclusive like we don't know 
Like, it could be. Um, and then she gives Egwene a Terangriel, mm-hmm. which is this, like, ring that will help Egwene get into <coughs> Teleranriad. <laughs> I have to look at it every time I say it. I'm like, how do I say this out loud? Um, and so Egwene's kind of like, wait, I am, this is for me? Right. Like, mine? You're going to let me have this? You're, this is mine? Um, and Varen is like, look, I, I tried it. It's super dangerous. What happens to you there is real. You can get hurt, which then, of course, makes us think of, like, the boys mm-hmm. and Rand actually being hurt when he is facing off against, ba- like, Balzaman in his dreams. Yeah. And waking up with the, the actual cuts and, and yes. bruises and whatnot. Um, but so she gives Egwene this this ring and says, like, we haven't had a dreamer in almost 500 years. And then tells Egwene not to tell anybody. Yeah. It's a secret. Like, not even the Emerlin, clearly, is the implication. Mm-hmm. Like, the implication is, like, should not know anything. And then this chapter actually ends with us seeing what Varen is doing outside of her interactions with people and she's talking about how literally no one knows of the existence of this Terangriel except Varen. Mm-hmm. Like no one knows it exists except Varen and now Egwene. And she says, once again, she considered burning the manuscript, which is the only reference to that Terangriel, just as she had considered giving it to Egwene, but destroying knowledge, any knowledge was anathema to her. And for the other... No, it is best by far to leave things as they are. What will happen will happen. That feels so ominous. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like, oh, Varen, what game are you playing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's clearly got her own set of priorities. Mm-hmm. And who knows what they are? Because Varen. Because Varen. Uh, all right, so chapter 22. Here, finally. I keep forgetting how long it took us to get to this point in this <laughs> section because it's most of what I remember. So like 5,000 years ago, however many episodes ago, <laughs> we were talking about the testing and whose testing we thought we would get. Oh. And you said that you didn't think they would show us Elaine's test because we just haven't, she hasn't been developed enough. It yeah. wouldn't have any reference. And you were right. We got a queen. But we did not get a lane. You're a genius. <laughs> I pick up on I picked up on Jordan's very like maybe not even actual clues. Yeah. <laughs> I made assumptions. <laughs> it's that writer brain you've got over there. Um yeah, so Egwene leaves her in rooms. She's holding the papers with all the names of the black Aja on it. And she has this ring in her pocket. Yeah. So like super incriminating pocket contents. BT dubs. Yeah. Like everything (laughs) she is holding right now is not a good look for her should anyone find it. And so what should happen? But (laughs) Sherriam is like, it's it's very like Alice in Wonderland. You're like, you're late. You're late. Yeah. She's like, what is happening? Uh, And it's basically it's time for her to be tested. And so, yeah, I know. And so they pull her to, to the room that we are you know, familiar with. Elaine has already gone through hers. And then Elena is there because Elena wanted to be there for Elaine's testing. Oh, she's just such a bitch. She's the worst. She's so awful. Like beyond like not just like condescending and rude, but just, you know, you're never I don't care how powerful you are, you're a wilder and you'll always be a wilder. Yeah. Like what? 
Yeah, she's like, she should be put out of the tower. I don't care how powerful she is. Like, it's just like, all right, calm down. Right? It's like so hateful. Yeah. And ugh, anyways, I hate Alayda. Yeah. I hate Alayda as much as I hated Leandrin. And it feels like too much for her to actually black, be Black Aja. Like, mm. because I hate her so much and she's right. so clearly awful. I'm like, you can't be Black Aja. That's like so obvious. Right. It's too obvious. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and so Egwene kind of has this moment of like, oh no, I have all this like stuff on me. Like, I don't really know what to do about it. Uh, but she doesn't want to tell anybody because she's been told not to tell anyone. So she just kind of tries to hide it under her skirts. Cause of course they have to be naked. Cause everyone is always naked all the time. <laughs> um, and they go through kind of the same ceremony we saw Nanave go through mm-hmm. in the last book. Right. But uh, Alana, one of the Aes Sedai who's there to like help power the arches or whatever, before they start, she's like, ah, there's some kind of weird like thing happening here. I like don't really know what's yeah. going on. Like and everybody's buzzing. like, yeah, they're, they're like, well, is it serious? She's like, I don't know. Like, probably not. And they're all just like, all right, well, let's move on and shut up already. Which seems like yeah maybe you shouldn't you're, have done that you're about to do this giant ritual and someone is expressing concern like perhaps like using machines that you have already admitted yes. you don't understand right. perhaps you should check to see what's going on although it would fuck up the plot in like umpteen ways if they actually did so here 100 <laughs> percent. like uh yes it was just, it's a little this yeah. is like a little like teeny tiny smallest point of like weak weakness when you're like I need to introduce this thing, but I'm not really going to give them an explanation about why they're going forward, even though they should technically stop. Uh-huh. You know, but whatever. Uh, so Egwene steps through, and ugh, these were rough. These are really these rough. Are so, so rough. Hard. They're, they're, like, so much rougher than Nene's were, which were already, like... I don't know. I think it was because Nene's... Nene's were hopes and dreams that she would have to give up and and fighting obviously Egwene's were like she says at the end of her coming right. out am I just like you said like at the top like of the episode of just like am I just meant to fail him over and over and over and you're just right. like it's the same she was basically beaten three times with the same experience right all of her experiences are about rand Mm -hmm. whereas Nynaeve's had some variety like she's running from the forsaken she's like relinquishing a responsibility as the wisdom of Eamon's field Mm -hmm. she's you know like has to give up having like a marriage and babies with Lan like all of which were really gut-wrenching and like terrifying and hard in so many ways this was like she has that the first one opens and she is married to Rand and they have a daughter together and Rand starts falling apart essentially like he's in immense pain and she has to walk away mm-hmm. while he is screaming in pain and her daughter is like crying and like yeah. she has to leave and it's just awful yep it's just really sad and then in the next one this one is she, wild. They're in Camelin, Camelin, whatever, and she's hiding. It's like super. There's like bodies everywhere. It's like overrun by Mirdral and and all these like dark and Trollocs things. and like humans are like interacting with the Trollocs. Yeah. Like this is normal. It's very strange, and she's like kind of hiding. 
and Rand is stuck under a um, beam that has fallen on him mm-hmm. and she can't get him out and he asks her to kill him. He asks her to stab him in the heart basically because he's like, I can feel myself. I can feel myself being pulled away and going mad and I they have a way to pull me to their side mm-hmm. and we can't risk it. Like I can't risk it, but right. she can't, she can't do it. And so she leaves as he's screaming for her to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and then, oh God, it's so bad. And then the last one is the most interesting because she is, she comes to and she's the Amarillan. Mm-hmm. And she can't, in, in all the others ones, she had heard the phrase, the way back will come but once, be steadfast. And mm-hmm. this one, that phrase is interrupted mm-hmm. before she can get there. And she keeps thinking about, oh, because after the first one, yeah, or the yeah, second one, sorry, say. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so there's this interaction, there's a brief pause between the second and the third tests, and she interacts with Shariam, and she's, she's like, She's so shook from the experience that she's like telling Shrime these details. Like they, he said they could turn him to the shadow. Like he said that could happen. And Shrime's like, uh, let's just like move on. And she's like, no, but is that real? And she's like, actually, like nobody really knows that. So it's weird that you know that. But like, yes, it's true that like if you have 13 de- dreadlords and 13 murdral, you could turn somebody, but like, that's never going to happen. Like you would never, that's never going to happen. You would, that's like not even possible to get that many Murdral and Dreadlords. And she, in the meantime, is like 13 black object. Like she's losing her mind. Right. And so she like goes, she dips into this last trial and yeah. she's the Amberlin and she keeps thinking like, she keeps feeling those thoughts from the yeah. outside about the black Aja. And, uh, Basically, what happens in this one is she's betrayed. Elena mm-hmm. is Black Aja. Elena mm-hmm. takes up the the stole. Rand is brought for execution. Yeah, to the tower, and for the last time, she has to let him die in order to save herself. And so she comes out of it and is like, "Am I what you said at the top?" Yeah, but there's also, it's like everything is really going weird. Like there's this like, she's feeling like she's being torn apart. Like the arch is like malfunctioning. There's like Mm -hmm. weird colors happening. Uh, And when she gets out, she is like, she has, she's yelling. She's ranting about betraying Rand. But she like suddenly realizes like, all of the Ace and I are like freaking out. Some of them are like sweating and visibly distressed. And suddenly the Emerlin is there and like, you know, everybody's like losing their shit and like trying to, you know, make sure that she's okay because she- something that little buzz mm-hmm. from the beginning has turned into this like giant issue. And she almost died basically is what Yeah. Happened. She almost died. And because she, but she remembers everything and so she comes – she falls out of it being like, am I just meant to betray him and to fail him? And like, is that what my life is? Yeah. Um, but no one can – no one can answer her because they're all too busy freaking out about what might have happened. And also they can't know 
Right, they, they can't don't know. know what she's talking about. Right. Like she can't let them know what she's talking about. I mean, I will say after that second trial, I was like, stop talking to Gwen. I know. <laughs> Just to... Shh. I know you're upset, but like, keep the secret. Um, yeah. But she passes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Amerlin does the thing by emptying the chalice and she says, you are a Gwen Alvere, accepted of the White Tower. You are sealed to us now. And the last words seem to have special meaning just between Egwene and the Amerlin. And you're just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. And then there's this, like, kind of strangeness with Alana. Yeah. Who is, who is the one who noticed the strange buzzing where she just gets really, like, weird about being like, I will share in your punishments. I should have stopped it. But, like, over the top. Yeah. Like, very aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sherriam is like, well, mm, no, mm. that's that's not okay. And Egwene realizes that the whole thing was just because Alana wanted to be close to her. Well, that's what she's interpreting. That's what it she's as. interpreting. She, like it she as. in her deep paranoia, and like it's not paranoia if people are out to get you, but we don't know right now if this is legit or not. But she's like, she just all she wants is to like follow me around like is she black aja too and you're just like oh my god because she could be and anybody could be (laughs) Egwene has this moment of realizing that what went wrong was having that other terangriel in the room at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like that's all just super bananas and stressful um but she does ask her because in her third experience she was from the green Aja. Mm-hmm. And so I did like how the green Aja was described here because yeah. so far the rest of the book, it's been like, oh, they just like the dudes. Yeah, right. You know, but here it's, but to be green means to stand ready because they are the soldiers. Like they were always with the, the basically the fighting forces mm-hmm. in the battles. Like those were always green Aja, which I really liked that. I was like, that that fits with what you think about Egwene. Yeah. And so I liked that we finally got a description of the Green Aja that mm-hmm. wasn't so blah. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. So then, because she's like so freaked out, uh, of course, she doesn't want to just go by, be by herself. So she goes to Nynaeve's room and Elaine is already there crying. And I it's know. like, oh, this moment where like she, the anger fades enough for her to realize that she is so upset and like she finally feels the grief it's such a moment it's such a moment it's such a moment and when she like puts her head on Nanave's knees and Nanave has that great line of it eases with time it eases a little one day we will make them pay our price (laughs) I love you (laughs) she's so like anger is absolutely Nanave's superpower it really is it's it's so excellent um all right, and then we had another Matt chapter, which I I also is, loved. I this did one. love this chapter because I remembered this moment that happens in this chapter, and I was like, "Ooh, is it gonna be?" And lo and behold, it was the staff fight, which was amazing. <laughs> I didn't remember it at all. Oh, really? <laughs> like I at all? This is my obsession with action sequences coming through. Like any mm-hmm. book that has action sequences, chances are I'm gonna remember the action sequences almost better than I will remember anything else. <laughs> Character in action. It is a great sequence, which we will get to. Yeah. Um, so this is the next day. Matt wakes up. He's still in this room. He's still super hungry. 
Um, he's like trying to pretend like he's fine for anybody who comes. But he like eats all his breakfast and then he gets his stuff together and he leaves the room. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take everything because he's like, let me get the lay of the land. Let me like see what's going on and figure out a plan. So he makes his way to one of the like exits to the bridge and starts kind of chatting with this Damani guard that's there. Um, and he's just like asking like, what's going on? And this guard is like, they're white cloaks everywhere and they're being real <laughs> dicks to everybody. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so And that's trying kinda... to be like very casual. Yeah. It's like, oh, just asking for no reason. No reason. Or just like PS, I know who you are. Like well, I, know- I like that the guy at first is like, you don't look like the kind of person that the sisters would uh have in their place even though he full well knows that he is and he just like Matt gets he's like I didn't steal anything I'm not a thief (laughs) then the guy is like we know who you are everybody knows who you are yeah you are not allowed to leave yep they they drilled your face into our brains Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so he's like super mad about it but then he he's like fine and then he leaves and and he, he's trying to find somebody to play dice with. Let's be clear here. Uh, yeah, he's just trying to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he leaves and he runs into this girl Elsie, who mm-hmm. he stayed at. He like kind of remembers her from staying at the farm, and she's just like she has no time, no time for him whatsoever. Yeah. She's kind of like, <laughs> you're gross. I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> like walks away in in so many words. And we get a repeat uh, of that, like, oh, if only Rand or Perrin were here. They're so much better with girls. Uh, <laughs> that running uh-huh. joke. <laughs> like, it's been a while since we've read it, so I guess exactly. we should read it again. It's time. <laughs> um, and then he hears the sounds of practice fighting. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, he's clearly seeing Galad. Yes. <laughs> and he's, like, the tall... The tall, lithe young man who moved like a cat and almost as pretty as a girl. <laughs> like, all right, Matt. Get it together. Yeah. Yep. Um, but so he kind of remembers, he's he realizes this must be Elaine's brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they see him and come over. And I did quite I quite liked this moment where he's thinking about what he's supposed to call them. Yeah. And he kind of is like, you know, he had refused to call Elaine my lady. Not that she demanded it, actually. And he decided he would not do her brother better. And I was like, good for you, man. Equal <laughs> opportunity, asshole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then they're like making all of these like chatter about the girls and like, you know, Gallad makes a joke about Nynaeve, which is, like, actually a nice little moment. It's it's very cute. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Ga- Gowan brings up Rand. Yep. And Matt is like, oh, do they know anything? I'm not going to say anything. We'll just, let, just let's, uh, let's change the subject. Right. And so... So... Here comes, here comes the fight. Yeah, it's so great. So Matt's, like... Apropos of nothing, he's like, by the way, I could totally take the two of you out. Like, I'll bet you, I'll bet you money that I can beat you both at the same time with your swords and me with a staff. And they're like, first of all, you almost died. You look 
horrible. Like we're not gonna <laughs> try to like and and they are extremely well trained swordsmen. Mm-hmm. So they're like, that's we would never like they're I love how like offended they are at the implication (laughs) that they would be so crude as to fight a sick man who doesn't even have a sword like they're so they're so uh, horrified yes it's adorable it's very cute and I also really liked Matt's like his internal like dialogue about why he's doing it yeah he's like I could be doing it for this or for this maybe it's because I'm mad then he's like no it's because it's fun yeah i want to earn some money yeah he just wants to fuck with them and get paid that's it like, right yes. fuck around get paid that's it that's matt in a nutshell right there fuck around get paid matt Calvin. <laughs> that's our audio clip for this episode <laughs> for <real>. right there <laughs> but then it's great i love this like the head warder trainer guy comes over and is like Oh, you two think you're like too good to fight a guy with this stick? And they're like, "Wait, it's what? It would I? How could we possibly?" And he's like, like, "I will bet you that you can't do it." Like he gets in on it. He's like, he literally is like, "If they won't pay you, I will. Yeah, <laughs> if you beat them, I'll give you the money." Yeah, yeah, because he knows what's up. This guy. Mm-hmm. And so they do, they have the fight. And the other thing I love about this is that Matt starts to feel weak. Yes. Almost as soon as, like, even before the fight has started. Yep. So you get this amazing blow by blow of him calculating Mm -hmm. how much energy and strength he actually has and how quickly he needs to win against these two and him like analyzing both his own fighting and theirs it's so good it's so good and this is the part that like I think really threads the needle in you know all of his uh like past life regressions up to this point have been military Mm -hmm. in some way and like if you think about it like a, a a like a kid from the two rivers who would have taught him to think like that through a no. fight right like it's like whether or not like i'm sure his, he says his dad taught him to be a good fighter and i'm sure that's true and we saw rand get special training yeah totally right so like okay sure like making even making allowances for his dad is super sharp and has taught him a lot of tricks it's still so such an intense strategic moment in his head that I do think it really threads this needle with like he has military expertise like literally in his blood Mm -hmm. there's definitely the sense of like intense strategy that like you said I really love that it kicks off with this like him being like I have to win this like I have to win this I can't afford to lose the money also I don't feel good yep and then he kicks it off with the time to toss the dice. Yes. But he says it in the old tongue and he doesn't even realize that mm-hmm. he said it in the old tongue. Um, and so that kind of pushes him further into his like bravado, right? Yeah. yeah. Of like, oh, we're doing this. And it is this great, great fight where he gets Gowan pretty good pretty early on. And yep. then he has to go up against Galad. Mm-hmm. Who is who has a moment where he's like, oh, this is a real fight. Yeah. Like, this is this. I have to take this seriously. Right. Um, but Matt, of course, ends up beating him with his his quarterstaff, and the warder gets up and is like, "Never forget that one of the greatest <laughs> fighters of all time was beat by a farmer with a stick." I know. <laughs> it's so funny. 
funny. <laughs> it's so good. Like so on the nose. Yeah, it's real good. And in the meantime, and this makes me also a little crazy, all of the eyes to die are like swarming Gellid to like compete to heal him or whatever. Like the way that like they're all like so obsessed with this like very young man. Yes, it's very weird. Super gross. It's it's very strange. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, but everybody ignores Matt except yeah. for Gowan and uh, the warden's name is Hammer. Yeah. Um, and so they ask, you know, the warder, Hammer asks him, like, where are you from? Right. And Matt says, Manetherin. Yeah. And then he's like, I mean, two rivers. <laughs> and then I love that he's just like, he keeps the staff. He's yeah. just like, no one told me I couldn't have it. <laughs> so he just takes it. <laughs> but then the end of it is like, you know, he, he is very weak. He is still healing. So he has to like hobble back like that. He hobbled back towards the tower proper, like an old, old man, as he's thinking of like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. So you have this very lighthearted chapter that ends on this very kind of like anxiety inducing note of like Matt recognizing that something is clearly very wrong. Yeah. 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 So it's, it is, it's a, it's a super satisfying chapter to end this little seg- yes. section on because it's just, you get so much information and such a great character set piece. Right. And it's such, I just, I, I do not understand the beginning of this book. <laughs> These, the last two, like, excerpts that we have read, and it just, it feels like it just keeps getting stronger. Like, yeah, this, the pacing, this, yeah. Right? No, and not just because it was Matt, as much as I love Matt. This was <laughs> strong work in every single chapter that we got. We got high stakes, like, action, important information in every single one. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, why... For the first yeah. six chapters of this book, just parent complaining. <laughs> I don't understand. No, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I have no idea. It's so strange. It's super weird. <sighs> but I think that's it, right? For this Yeah. One? I think Matt's that's the best. And I can't <laughs> wait to see more. <laughs> yep, that's it. So uh keep an eye out for our future episodes every other Wednesday. Uh next time we will be talking about 25 through 32. Yes, yes. I can count. I just did that. I'm she did she counting did it on my hand. Me. <laughs> uh, of the Dragon Reborn, continuing with the Dragon Reborn. And if you want to talk to us about it as you're reading uh, on social media, if you search the hashtag Tarvalon or Bust, that is where you will find, especially Preeti is very good about posting pictures <laughs> and thoughts mid-read. I tend to forget, but Preeti's good at the socials. <laughs> It's only when I'm very excited, like when <laughs> when Matt finally showed yeah. up. I was like, yes, my time has come. <laughs> uh, and thank you to our Patreon supporters, David Yu, Amy R, Meridim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirish G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Emma, I almost got it, Elizabeth F, Emily, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. 
If you would like to join us over on Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash or bust. And a big thank you to Brian Dunn, our fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other people find the show and we really like reading them. Yes, we do. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at, I am on social at run with skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. Um, I am also the co-host of Desi Geek Girls. Uh, we just dropped an episode where I interviewed author Nisha Sharma, um, about her book that's coming out called Radha and Jay's Recipe for Romance. It'll be out this summer. Um, so check that out. And... Jen will talk about Swordstone Table. Oh, yes. I was just going to say, what other books do you have out coming? <laughs> the next one that Preeti is in is also one that I'm co-editing with Swapna Krishna. It is called Swordstone Table. It's an anthology of inclusive Arthuriana retellings. They are all amazing. And you can pre-order it now. We're going to be doing a fun pre-order promotion campaign also uh, that I will announce and... You'll get to see the details about that soon. Uh, let's see. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL. That's Jen with two N's, IRL. And you can find me on Instagram at I am Jen IRL. And I also podcast for Book Riot on the Get Booked and SFF yeah, podcasts. And this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to The Wheel of Time. But it is an ending. Bye.